Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, the show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Dan, your mountain man, and today I'm joined by my favorite grounder, Olga. Hey everybody, today we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 14, entitled Red Sky at Morning. So, is this a reference that I'm missing? I didn't think to Google it. I I thought you might just know it. I don't know if it's like a literary thing that I'm missing. I looked at just like the wiki and there was not, the wiki people are, the people in the wiki are behind and like updating the episode wiki, so there was no information I saw there. How dare they? They are a very valuable resource in the (laughs) 100 community. Um, So, interesting title. He's going to be looking it up while I say some things. Correct. Um, <laughs> again, spoiler warning, as always. I liked this episode. It was kind of interesting in that um, it kind of had the reverse effect for me from what last week had, where last week I was kind of iffy on my first walk, and on my second walk, I was happier. Mm-hmm. And this week, I really liked it on my first walk. My second walk, I saw a few more plot holy type things. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's a really good episode. It really leads into the final two in a way that I... can't I, believe it. Yeah, final two. Crazy. Mont- really good episode for Monty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all the Luna stuff. There's a few things here and there that I was iffy on, but generally really good introduction for Luna. Uh, anything you want to throw in? Um, as usual, I watched it the day that we are recording this podcast, and I watched it with my typical pausing and thinking <laughs> moments. Mm. Um, I really liked it. Again, I caught a few plot holes here and there. Yeah. Um, didn't really take away my enjoyment. They happen, so yeah. I really can't blame them for happening on this yeah. show. It's just like, again... It's very easy from our point of view to be like, they should have caught that. Yeah, but when you're yeah. in it, it's harder to catch. So For sure. It, it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of it. I really liked it a lot. And the character development and performance. Yeah. The performances, I think, in this episode, yeah. that's where I really have to applaud. For sure. For sure. And it was also, it's one of the more like visceral episodes for me in a few weeks where it really was one of those episodes where I was on my seat and I was stressed out because so much was happening and were what was going to happen. Were you terrified that someone was going to die last week, yeah, though? Yeah, but not in like the same, like, but like that was like for like the first like 15 minutes. Like I got okay. over that pretty quickly. Um, in this episode, I was really like all the way up to the end. I was mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so stressed out. But I was stressed out, too, definitely. Yeah. I was like, things are going badly. Hope, hope, no hope, no hope. <laughs> um, I did look up. The Red Sky. Yeah, thing. and I'm surprised that I don't didn't remember this. Um, it's from this really old rhyme, Red Sky at Night, Sailor's Delight, Red Sky at Morning, Sailor's Take Warning. Oh, it's because of the boat Yeah. Um, That's good. Good yeah. job. Good, good job with the title making. Ah, good, good. <laughs> All right. Well, boats are fun. All right. We're going to do similar to last week. We have our major discussion points by plot line. So I broke into three plot lines, the Polis plot, the Arcadia plot, and the Lunatics. Um, so we're starting with Polis. Not even fighting the last one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm not the only one saying that. I saw other people who are, anyone who's a fan of Luna has been calling themselves a lunatic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with it. It's hip. All right. Polis. Um, so Pike wants to escape and regroup. Indra wants to kill Jaha. Indra, just like, calm your tits, woman. <laughs> 
well, it makes sense that she wants to kill Gaha. I know, but, like, <laughs> my God, all she is now is, I want to kill this person, I want to kill this person, I want to kill this person, and then I'll cycle back to the other people that I didn't get a chance to hit. Well, you kill. know, I can't blame her. I, I can't blame her either, but, like, an analytical, please, like, yeah. just... Least be, have ahead, some yeah. uh, have some logic behind your some strategy strategy yeah, that's yeah. it there's logic behind yeah. wanting to kill people that are your enemies <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah. um so i thought this next part was interesting murphy like cuts himself off as he's saying that jaha is being controlled like everybody else um and he won't he's like by that and he pauses so I was really confused when I first watched this. I'm like, does he not want to explain that Ali's an AI or, or like, want to contradict their religion or something? And then later, knowing the way the episode ends, I was like, is he already worried about Emori and worried about destroying... Does he not want to bring up the backpack because he's worried that destroying the backpack will hurt Emori? But then why would he cut himself off at that moment if it was Because he didn't... Well, he didn't want to bring up the backpack... And then he only brought the backpack when they, like, held the thing to his neck. So... Right. But... I, I, I'm, I was... It was a very puzzling moment for me. I really don't understand what that was about. I didn't either, yeah. actually. I was just like... I didn't even think of the religious aspect mm. to it because of Indra being there. Pike knows that yeah. it's not, but... And huh. maybe he didn't want to say it in front of all the other prisoners in case one of the prisoners was chipped or something. But even then, like, they know that Ali, they know he knows Ali exists, so I don't really get... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember confused. being confused, but everything else just moved on so quickly that I didn't yeah. take the time to think about it. And I'm not saying, I should point out, I'm not saying this was, like, a mistake of the show or anything. No. I just, like, I don't understand. I, like, does somebody else understand? Yeah, I just don't get <laughs> yeah. it either. Yeah. Um, um, so the guards see come in, they see that Pike is hurt, and they know it wasn't them, so somebody else must be unchained. Then Indra gets her badass moment and kills a bunch of people. That was pretty cool. That was nice, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, I I was definitely getting very stressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh god, they're gonna separate Indra away, and then we're gonna see her tortured, and mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I just don't want to see that <laughs> all over again. Yeah. Ah, but that was pretty badass. And yeah. I, I love the knife. Yeah, nice, that is fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's also, it's one of those things where, like, once in a while I wish... It's like when you watch a bunch of things like Arrow or Daredevil or whatever, there's sometimes when I watch The Hunter, I'm like, I wish there was a little bit more action, because when we get it, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, it's kind of nice that it's intermittent, and it's like, when it happens, it really hits for you. Because, like, on Arrow, you get desensitized, and, like, there's another stupid choreographed fight scene. Exactly. yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot, where you can only kind of... Uh, not everyone, but for me, I can only really stay enticed by that so much yeah, yeah. per episode. Yeah, and they just don't have the budget for it, I think is part, part of the reason there, too. So more talking. <laughs> Great. Um, well, so I really like, so the, most of the group runs away after that, mm-hmm. but Pike, Indra, and Murphy go together to get Allie's backpack. I really love this grouping. It's, yeah. And, you know, this is one of those things that the 100 does really well where it puts people together that you wouldn't expect. And yeah. I really liked that grouping. Yeah, because Indra and Murphy haven't been together. No, and Indra and Pike. And, well, yeah. And it went in Murphy and Pike. You know, Murphy like, and Pike, yeah. yeah, we discussed that so, last week. But, like, still, that's new. You know? It's new, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like. Yeah, this is really cool. Ragtag yeah. bunch of really <laughs> fucked up people. <laughs> For um, sure. And I really liked the little, the little moment of Pike saying your father would be proud when Murphy wanted to stay behind. I didn't you love, didn't love that. it. Yeah. How come? Uh well, I I didn't love it and then I kind of analyzed myself for not loving it. 
Because, again, this is the first interaction Pike and Murphy have had since Pike beating Murphy up. Yeah. And at that time, he brought up... The father. The father. Like, how... It was, like, everything that's Murphy done... Murphy's done after his father's death is disrespecting his father's memory. Mm. And devaluing what his father died for. Yeah. So, to me, it felt kind of cheap in a way. But for the character, for Pike, it makes sense to yeah. bring that up. That's that's how I feel. I felt like it was nice because it like there is a layer of Pike's humanity there, and he isn't even really thinking about the beating anymore. Yeah, in my mind, and when and the way Murphy reacted, I thought was good. Where it's like he kind of appreciated it, but didn't like fully appreciate. Yeah, you know, he's like, like I can't show you that I approve yeah. of this because I kind of still hate you. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, it, so that's what I mean. Like, it made me uncomfortable, but in retrospect, it made sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, the there was one thing that kind of I I wouldn't say bothered. Me. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm I got confused in my ahead. mind. No, no, no. Um, I love how as soon as and it happens so much, and I love it each time. The fact that as soon as someone kills off the people chipped, yeah. Allie just disappears from the scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that I can never get used to. Mm. It happens, like, I think two or maybe three times in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Alone, where I I just love it so much because it's this pivotal character, this important character who's, like, dominating mm. the scene, controlling things, pulling strings, and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. And you're left without it, and then you're just... At least for me, it's kind of this thing, like, where'd she go? Oh, right, everyone. Yeah. She's not actually there. <laughs> and it, it reinforces that she's not just intangible, but there's, like, a way of staving her off yeah, and keeping yeah. that. And, and each time it happens, it's wonderfully surprising, mm. and I really enjoy it. That's really cool. I mean, the thing that's interesting about Allie, there's... I have a lot of issues with Allie, but there's also a lot to love. You know, as much mm-hmm. as I feel like a, it's gotten kind of what two-dimensional in its evilness. We've talked about that last week with the crucifixion and everything. And I do feel like Allie herself as a character isn't really a character. Mm-hmm. But but as far as, like, the visuals and the horror that they've brought and, like, the it, you know, she just is a terrifying different villain that yeah. is feeling all... It feels like they're fighting, like, a god kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah. And that is cool, even if it isn't necessarily super deep, but... Uh, see, I'm, I, I think of her as a character. Like, I feel yeah. like she's a character, but she's pretty one-dimensional. Yeah. And that makes her less interesting than, like, a human villain. Yeah. But that said, you know, there that's why it bothers us when it kind of yeah. she goes off of her like one dimensional side mm. because it doesn't make sense for her to have like a second dimension. Well, in some I ways. mean, I don't I don't know exactly what you mean well, by like, that. The but... thr- when she's sitting on the throne. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I that makes the, no yeah. sense of giving her that dimension of like I am the all powerful. Yeah, like, like I like, want power. Kind yeah, of like that doesn't make sense yeah. for her character. Yeah. But she's really good at that being that one character who's like yeah. an AI. She, she's she's a really good villain on like a plot level, mm-hmm. but on like a character she's just not on a character level, there isn't a lot there. And so it's like I love the plot level side of it and mm-hmm. what this, the plot that it creates and the difficulties for the and the conflict that it creates for all of our people, right? And the situations it creates, but it's just at the end of the day, like I don't have any anger towards her. I don't have any love for her. I have frustration uh, towards her. That's yeah, about I mean, it. But like, 
Like, but, I'm not, I'm not gonna be like, hell yeah, when he gets defeated, because I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm glad this is over. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, that's a really good way of putting it. That's definitely it. Yeah. We, we watched, well, you watched it a few days ago, and I watched it last night, mm. of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Age of yeah. Ultron, yeah. Um, and that's like an AI right there yeah. that has the character and the plot. Yeah, it has, he has personality, he has goals that are beyond, like, that are coming at it from a very different way than how he was programmed, which I guess Ali too, but like, he has fears, he has, he's confused about much more, mm-hmm. he has desires to be with people, yeah. you know, he's a, he feels like a person who's figuring things out, and like, yes, she, she feels like he's, like, having, like, glitches in her way that she has to work around. You know, like, that's how I feel, like, with Allie. Yeah. And that's not as satisfying yeah. to me. Me too. But, that's, yeah. You you made that very good comparison yesterday, yeah. and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of her, so we go into the City of Light, which I was very happy to see more of the actual City of Light this week. Mm-hmm. Um, more of those sets and stuff. Um, we see there's a, one of the escape grounders is already on the cross, and he tells her about the backpack, or she tells her about the backpack and the plan to go after the backpack, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was cool. And then we have Amori in there, and Amori doesn't want to fix her defects, which I thought that was really interesting. That was very fascinating. Yeah. And again, it puts us again into that position of what does the City of Light do, okay? It gives mm. people the option to take away pain. For some people, a defect like that it is pain, so they take it away. Yeah. But the way I see it is because it... Depending on the person, they still have varying degrees of their personality, I guess. And for Amori, the pain isn't having the defect. Mm. It's like the stigma of the defect itself, I feel. Because remember, she had it covered. She'd like put it in the bag. But overall, and she wouldn't show Murphy and that kind Mm. of thing. So, So it's kind of this nice thing where we see that she is still in part there. Like that confident woman is still there. Yeah. But the pain of what her mutation means makes it so... But because of her, she can still keep... Like, she's comfortable with it. Yeah. I really like that side of it. I think that's really cool. And see, now, these are the kinds of layers within the City of Light that I was looking forward to when it was first introduced. Yes, yes. That this is, like, the stuff where we're, like, talking about heaven and things like that that I think are really interesting, where it's like, oh, when you go to heaven, are all these things taken away? And what does that mean? You know, like, like, because that's part of who you are and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And, like, do you lose who you are if you lose your imperfect, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe I didn't tune into this earlier, mm. but how everyone is dressed in modern day, yeah. like, business casual. Yeah, yeah. That's I cool. can't believe I didn't notice that before. <laughs> it wasn't as obvious, because we hadn't seen as many people, but yeah. But even so, Jaha's mm. not wearing, like, his ARC clothes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, his or his, um, like, grounder clothes. He's mm. wearing what we would wear. Yeah, I, I think that that's cool. And you know what's another cool thing that I saw on Twitter? I hadn't noticed this, but... The boat guy who's chipped mm-hmm. is in this scene in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so cool. that's cool. Yeah, that if you're if you're really paying attention and you remembered him from last week, you could notice him in the background. Oh, that's awesome. White. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. I think it would have kind of ruined my enjoyment. But it was. I think there. it was like pretty in the back. I guess, yeah, but you know. so that's kind of a yeah. nice like Easter egg kind yeah, of thing. I like that. Um, all right, so Team Murphy goes to take out the guards and they chain up Amori. Now I wrote this in. Amori does nothing and doesn't try to hurt herself to get Murphy to take the chip for God knows what reason. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
And Mori I, just, like, sits there, lets herself get captured. Yes, she talks him out of plays, stuff. But, plays like, mind games yeah. more. Maybe those are just more effective on Murphy. I, I suppose, but they never... It's just weird to me that they never... That given their MO now with Kane and with with Raven onto Abby, you know, like... Yeah. Why wouldn't they try the even before they escaped like why would they have just chained him up and like at the in that scene like two episodes ago where more is revealed why wouldn't they have just done that that's a good point <laughs> i can't disagree with that that's that's and uh... if, it, if it didn't work that would be one thing yeah. like maybe murphy w- wouldn't do it but they didn't even try so it's well, the, just, there's just little things like that that kind of like what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> I would I would be kind of sick of seeing that. I agree, but that's just like the only logical that they makes the most sense. It does, <laughs> which feels like they kind of wrote themselves into that corner. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, because then when you do something like this, even though it's good TV, it doesn't make sense with your internal logic. Yeah, because and there's more like this later, like when they're torturing Luna. I'm like, wow, they just start with attacking Derek. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, good and, point. And good point. and and like last week, where we were like, why are they crucifying Kane? They could just immediately threaten Aunt Abby. Yeah, uh, like, the more yeah. I thought about that, though, the more I was like, yeah, but they don't want to risk Abby yeah. him not going for it and yeah. Abby dying first off. If if they don't have if to. they don't have to, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so the backpack is connected to Becca's pod, which is important for later. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to destroy the backpack carefully because there's a nuclear fuel cell. Do, do, do. Sure. <laughs> um, Karen or Hunter did backpack with a nuclear fuel cell this entire time. <laughs> Nobody knows about it. Well, we knew about it. That was the whole thing of what. Right. I'm yeah. an idiot. Why do I always forget that? <laughs> you forget that a lot. I do. You're not an idiot, but you do forget that a lot. <laughs> It's an interesting, it's an interesting gap I have in my, like, selective memory about the hundred. Yeah, which I, I mean, again, sort of jumping ahead there, but that does remind me, I assume that wasn't the only missile in the Ark, so now that she's in the Ark, does she have access ah, to these shit. missiles? That seems like what the end game could be, right? Mm, now yeah. if he, he just kills everybody who's not already in the Ark. Damn. I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there are more missiles or not, because it's been a while since I watched the end of season, well, the beginning of season two, but... Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Allie explains they need Murphy alive because he's the only one other than Clark that knows how to do the flame, inserting the flame and all that stuff, um, mm-hmm. which I was glad they explained that, because I had been like, why aren't they just killing Murphy? Me too. Me too. And um, it makes sense. And th- yeah. that's kind of in backwards... It makes it nice that Murphy was there having that scene with Clark. Yeah, yeah. Because then they can have these dual plots exist and make sense together. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Uh, Indra picks up a gun to protect them from people trying to get into the room. She doesn't end up using it this episode, but that was kind of an important moment. Yeah. Um, oh, she was so reluctant. Yeah. And and then even the way she held it yeah. was just like... You could see the discomfort in her face, and like she's almost cradling it, like it could go off in her hand yeah. without her doing anything. Well, it's interesting because there's not only is there the super superstition aspect that they clearly the grounders have had since season two, but mm-hmm. now it's like these are the weapons that murdered all of her people. Yeah, you know? so it's like extra, yeah, extra uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Amori begs Murphy not to destroy the backpack. As she says, the minds of everybody in the City of Light are, in this, are on that server, and it'll be destroying Amori, not just Allie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can't do it, but Pike does it. Okay. Pause right there. Yeah. I don't understand why Pike, as soon as he would see this, like, 
her playing mind games with Murphy. Like, yeah. Pike has no ties to Amori. He has no ties to any... Yeah. Like, Pike just wants to get out of their defeat. I defeat them, and clearly he knows where to push to, or, like, where to break it, because he tells Murphy, yeah. like, don't hit that part, hit this part. I don't see why Pike immediately, upon seeing Murphy's hesitation, yeah, didn't give some doesn't do it himself. Because yeah. he's the kind of guy who would. Yeah. Like, that's exactly it. He's the kind of guy who would do that. So the only argument would be that destroying everybody in the Sea of Light would be destroying all of his people as well. But he still tries yeah. to destroy it a second later. Yeah. He waits until Murphy says, I can't yeah. do it to do it. That's what I mean. Yeah. If Pike was also like, we can't risk this, if he said that, so it's then funny, that would be fine. It's funny that's what you're bringing up, because I thought you were going to bring up why doesn't he just like immediately, as soon as they see Amori, just like knock her in the head or gag her or something. You know? I mean, that's also valid. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of silliness as far as like, just like leaving things because we need it for the drama, but like... I, I know. See, yeah. if anything, I have less issue with the gagging, because we, yes, that it's a show, there needs to be dialogue yeah. between... Yeah that but like it would have been nice if he said what you know like i can't you know destroy my own people or either he, if it had gone two ways if if pike had either said i'm with you i also can't do it yeah. and di- didn't try like we have mm. to find another way or if he said enough stalling and broke it and still was too late yeah instead of being waiting for murphy's yeah. cue of I can't yeah. do it. That's what was silly to me. Yeah. It, it was very much just so that we could have the character moment of will Murphy be able to or not, you know? But this entire thing put Pike into such a background position. Yeah. Like, into such a follower. Yeah. That it was very strange. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't feel that way, but that's, that's a totally valid. That was yeah. just how I read yeah, it. Yeah, I, I do feel... I, and the thing is, I actually kind of wish... I think it would have strengthened the scene to get a little bit of, hey, Pike is thinking about how it's going to potentially destroy everybody that he's been, that whole point is he wants to protect his exactly. people. I, I do still think that he would do it because, I think he, I think he would hesitate because of that, but he would still do it because he'd be like, well, they're not here anyway, and we can't let the rest of the people. Exactly. Um, but I think that, that if that had been vocalized a little bit between, if they were more of a debate, should we do it, should we not do it, and Murphy decides not to, and Pike is like, well, we have to. And then Yeah, you know, like, again, showing those layers, yeah. instead of just letting him be a passive observer. Yeah. It was, they were kind of making it, I felt like they were making it too much of an Amori Murphy moment and not enough. It should have been more about Pike and Murphy, I feel like. I agree. I definitely agree. They set that up more so I think than Murphy and Amori recent, Mm. starting with last week's episode. Like if we're looking an episode, two episodes ago, then it's Murphy and Amori. But last week's episode was Pike and Murphy. Yeah. So. I would have preferred that continuation yeah. as opposed to... The Murphy Mori. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to... Or maybe it was more than two episodes ago. Yeah, I, I think it was two. Anymore. I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah, it was two yeah, episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it just would have made more sense. Because we were actually wondering that of like... Will everybody get destroyed? Or no, what, no, or no. We were wondering, what? it's like, what does Mori do from now? Uh, from yeah, here yeah. It's like, yeah. well, she does the same thing of toying with Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as interesting for me. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked about how Allie is now, she, they, there were two led to destroy it, the, the migration was complete, and Allie ends up on the Ark, or what's left of the Ark. Um, so a lot of people I saw on Twitter were like, oh, the Ark is still around, I thought it crashed to the ground. Mm. Um, but this, if people do remember, part of it did, but Jaha was left on this ring, and he, he just took the missile yeah. down. Yeah. So this part has been up there. I think that's interesting, it's really cool to have the Ark back in play, mm-hmm. and... 
especially if I'm right about the missiles, it creates a whole lot of crazy conflict for this finale. Yeah. Um, no human could currently live on the ring part yeah. of the arc that's left up there. Yeah. But Ellie is no human. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, my prediction is that Polis is destroyed in this finale and hmm. that most of the grounders that we've ever known are dead. Not necessarily meaning characters that we know, okay. but, but in general, every I'd say most of the clans will be blown up and that the boat people probably the boat people in like Indra and maybe Ontari or something in Roan will be dead. That, I don't think be, I like, I don't know. I don't think I want that. I'm not saying whether I no, want that. No, 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 I know, but, but I I feel like that's a little iffy on the connotations that would have. Yeah. And I'm not really keen on seeing that, so I'm going to hope <laughs> that that doesn't happen. I'm way, I'm going to wait and see what that, like, how that ends out. I, because I, I feel like that makes sense, that they feel like they have to match in some way what they did at the end of last year. And given that it was a genocide, I feel like it makes sense that they would feel like they have to kill as many people. I'm not saying they do, but it makes sense that they feel that way. Yeah. And, um... That it would really wipe the slate clean and be like, we're starting with something new now. Like, like what we, what you've known for these three seasons is completely destroyed. Yeah. We're starting with a whole new thing. And so, like, and like that's dark enough and crazy enough that it kind of feels like it matches, even though it's not as much of a character thing for Clark, it, it matches the gravity of what happened at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And so, it feels like it makes sense to me. I, I don't know. I think it, it makes sense for us to have to be forced into a completely new location yeah. with completely new people, save a few here and there. Yeah. But the way in which we get that is going to is something that I can't really put my finger on. Yeah. And yeah. I hope it's not nuclear explosion. <laughs> Destruction. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Um, I think you put it later, but I mm. wanna I kinda wanna talk now about how dumb Allie showing up on the arc looks. Oh, I didn't write that down at all. Oh, I put a different thing. I put a different thing that I also thought was dumb looking. But oh. you can talk about the Allie thing. Um, that it's very green screeny. Is that what your point? Yeah, like she's like got this really weird looking outline, and it just the the tone on Allie doesn't fit at all. Like the no. the, the lighting and it color was... gradient on Allie doesn't look. Yeah. match to the color gradient on the arc. They have their budget, their budget is their budget, but <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I do agree with you that it was a it was not their best use of effects. Like, the opinion. transition yeah. between being in Polis in that underground chamber yeah. to her being on the arc was, like, so rough, and I was so confusing that yeah. I really didn't enjoy it, and it left I, a sour I, note in on, my mouth. On the flip side, I think there were a number of times throughout the episode where the, where the transitions with Allie were good. Yeah. Like, when they transferred from, like, the boat people to here. Yes. And, the, you know, I thought a lot of those were really cool. But, yes, this one. And the, the whole shot pulling away, mm-hmm. um, this in viewing the whole arc, it was very reminiscent of a shot, I believe, that we saw with Jaha at, like, near the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Jaha shot was probably better. Yeah. Um, I'm inclined I, to agree. But, again, I feel like their budget is probably smaller. I know. I can't totally blame I them. I know. But that's the thing. When something looks good... Yeah. You don't notice it. You're just like, good, this... Uh, I'm in, enthralled yeah. by what is happening on the screen. Yeah. When something looks bad, it pulls you out of it because yeah. you're like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, right, I'm watching a show. Yeah. And it's yeah. silly and they have a budget and yeah. all that. I agree. It desutures you from the film. Sure. From the cinematic apparatus. Are these your fancy <laughs> film class terms? Yes. Okay, then. 
All right, so over in Arcadia, we have Raven and Monty mapping the City of Light using the code, and Raven can, like, see the code as buildings and stuff because of her time there, which is interesting. Sure. I'll go with I'll it. I'll buy it. That's yeah. fine by me. Uh, I like the premise. Yeah, I liked it. That's a building um, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Raven wants to use Becca's password to get into the City of Light, um, but Murphy's like, no, we only have one shot. We have to get the kill code from the flame, and then we'll use the password. Um, uh, can I just say, I was very confused, and I think I missed something. Okay. I, I had no idea what she was talking about uh, about Becca's password. Uh, apparently from the book, there is like a backdoor password into the code. When did we learn this? <laughs> I, I, I feel like it was like implied earlier. It wasn't explicitly oh, stated okay. as far as I remember. Like they left being like, we think we using her book. Like I think the last time we left them, they're like, we think we're using her book. We can find a back door into her, but I don't think that they like. <laughs> I'm a thirteen-year-old. Yes, I think that's well established at this point. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't think that they had explicitly stated before this episode that there was a password, unless I'm forgetting something. Okay. Um, sure. I I was just really confused. Like yeah. I I missed something yeah. important. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. More of... It, it was just, like, catching on to the premise. Yeah. Like, oh, right, this is a big deal now, and I have to get on their page yeah. of this being a big deal. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll be very interested to see what you think about this next section. So, the Harper and Monty thing. Um, she asks Monty to go walk away with her. Um, she's like, we haven't, you know, been attacked for two days. Let's bone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and at, Monty asks if she's like still her, if she's been shipped, and she's like, it's just me, and then they have sex. First um, of all, was it, first of all, if someone was chipped, would they have to tell you? <laughs> like, like, it's, like you the co- it's like the cop no. rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, so I mean, we'll get, we can get to it maybe a little bit more later, but I do think she is chipped. But assuming for a second that she isn't, what did, just generally, what did you think about the scene? Oh God! Um, <laughs> I I like good things happening to Monty. Yeah, but where did this come from? So here's the thing: it's definitely out of the blue. There is some level of if you paid attention, like close attention to season two. There's actually a lot of moments of right. Harper and Monty together in Mount Weather. Yeah, they don't really talk that much. Yeah. But they are, like, alone together in cages, and, like, he does help her and save her a few times, yeah. and, like, gives her tea, apparently, or something, and, like, they do connect and have been through a lot together, specifically. That's true. So there's at least that. It's mm-hmm. very, it feels, especially in season three, it feels completely out of nowhere, because yeah. they haven't had, like, any co- talking at all, so there's... They haven't had any of that alone time. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's, like... It's a little silly. They have a little bit of leg to stand on. I found the silliness kind of fun. It, it reminds me of the whole silliness of, like, telling a ghost story. Where yeah. I'm like, you're either going to think this is silly fun, or you're going to think this is really stupid. Um, but <laughs> I definitely didn't see this as stupid as yeah. the ghost story. <laughs> and like I said, I kind of pulled it as, like, yeah, they've been they've known each other for a while, but then all I could really pull as evidence of them interacting recently mm. is like harper feeling betrayed 
a little and like having her sarcastic quips yeah, to yeah. Monty. Oh, I completely forgot that they were also like on opposite sides really recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then when Raven comes in and is just like, Oh, finally and yeah. then it's like, come here, put some clothes on. Yeah, like that was pretty silly. Because it's like, like wipe yourself because off. Because for the audience it's totally not a finally at all. And maybe that's some self awareness on their part maybe. of like You've been missing stuff, but Raven knows you can trust Raven. It's yeah. a finally. I, I don't know. It, it, that's, that's certainly funny. I do like that Monty got to have a sex scene. I, I was seeing some stuff, people talking about how Asian guys are very often not really sexualized. Yeah, and that's that, true. That's kind of nice that he got a sex scene. Yeah. And I thought that his interactions with her were very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like seeing more Harper. I also, yeah. my first reaction before I remembered some of the season two stuff was like, Harper's just really horny, and he's literally the only straight guy there. <laughs> but, because that was, like, how we were introduced to her, was just, like, the horn dog girl. That's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, so then there's also another tinge to it, which is, if she was chipped, then I guess the ridiculousness of it being out of nowhere is less ridiculous, because she was doing it to... And the thing is, I feel like if she's chipped, they'll probably do an in-between thing where, like, Maybe Harper actually did have some feelings for him, but now when she's kept, she's actually acting on them. Something like the right. same way with Abby with and Abby. Kane. Well, um, here's the thing. If she was chipped, yeah. then wouldn't she try harder to see what they were doing in the yeah. coding room? I just don't... So it's hard not to jump ahead, but there's the whole thing later where... Allie mentions that she knows Sinclair is dead. Oh my god, right. Yeah, and so it's like, how could Shit's she possibly next. know unless we somebody we know is chipped... And I mean, I assume it would be Harper just because she's at doing something that the most seems out of character or out of nowhere, at least. Out of nowhere, Um, yeah. It could be somebody, it would be, I would be really happy if it was like weirdly Bellamy or something like that, but I don't think that they they couldn't justify it, I don't think. Um, Man. But yeah, I don't see who else, who else could it be? Unless the, she still has somewhat of a connection to Raven, maybe? But then how would she, she wouldn't have let Raven do no. all that. So I don't... Unless it's Miller or Brian. But I, it just seems like totally, like... It would make less sense yeah, than they were totally. Harper. They weren't even, they weren't even here. So damn I feel it. like it's probably, it's probably Harper. God <laughs> oh, damn. But that's why I'm kind of, as much as it's silly, I do kind of hope, A, I hope that Harper doesn't get killed because of this, which I think is totally possible. Mm-hmm. Um, B, I hope that once he is unchipped, that it is what I said, that she did have some feelings for him, and that maybe that eventually his can actually become a real thing, even yeah. though it started out this way. Yeah. Um, but I am, I'm nervous because I feel like he's pretty expendable. Yeah. And, and then, and then that would kind of, in a way, lead back to Jasper and Monty having a resolution. Yeah. Like, uniting over the loss of their girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't know. Yeah, we'll see about that. I oh, hope geez. not. But oh, jeez. I like that actress a lot. Me she, too. She, I don't they know keep if... killing off girls. Yeah. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, of the hundred yeah. girls we have, we've lost. We also have lost Sinclair and Titus and people like that. They're not of the hundred. Oh, you mean, oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. You mean of the delinquent group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Although we lost, we've lost males too, but it just yeah. kind of feels like there are more of them. Yeah. It's hard to, t- it's, it's hard, hard to tell. Late, I would say them. lately, no, but in the first half of the season, definitely. Yeah. Um, with Lexa and Gina and Nia and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um... Alright, so after the sex, Raven comes in, we talked about that. Raven finds Allie's citadel, or there's something secret protected there. Again, Monty tries to tell her to do nothing, but he falls asleep. Because 
Raven's a wunderkind, and you can't keep up with her, even with your big brain. And so she doesn't listen, and she sneaks into the City of Light. Now, Allie realizes she's being accessed, uh, and we we talked about the Sinclair thing, uh, and she can't disconnect from Arcadia because the backpack was in a precarious position, too. So this was, like, a cool thing, right? Yeah. For the first time, really pinning her into a hard spot. Yeah, I Um, like that. Jaha sends Hannah to talk to Monty and to talk him into stopping. Mm-hmm. So this was cool. I like this stuff. What do you think about the Hannah Monty thing? Um, I was wondering, you know, I, I think, did we make any predictions about them having potential interactions? I mean, I, I assumed they would. I also right. assumed it would be in the finale. I didn't think it would be now. I kind of like that it was now. I kind of like that it was now, too. So it, it's, I think that this is Monty's best episode potentially ever. Um, mm. in my opinion, I, I think that the stuff with Harper was nice. It gave us a different side to him. It mm-hmm. gave him a. Di- I liked his acting in that scene, and yeah. it was very different from his acting in these scenes. Yeah, it sets up um, future storyline. That sets up future storylines. Yeah, this was where I think the performance level was just yeah. out of this world. Um, I'm glad that we got to see that interaction between Hannah and, and Monty. Yeah. And for the even though Hannah was being. Like, is on the side of the City of Light yeah. and is trying to manipulate Monty. I really liked the things that she was saying. Yeah. Like, they felt like some of the most motherly things yeah, yeah. that she's had the chance to... Like, just purely motherly things that she's had the chance to say. Well, you would think. So now she is... It's, it's, it is a weird... Again, the heaven thing. It's like I he's know. talking to her spirit as far as now all the darkness in her has been sort of wiped away. So this mm-hmm. is her pure motherliness but it's also a weirdly controlled mother it's, it's weird to me that in the city of light they're also controlled because that yeah. that seems a little strange but i guess that you could but say there was like they're convinced that yeah, this is the right not, path that's the that's then the biggest issue with the city of light for me is what is being controlled and what is just like oh i'm happy i'm on happy pills and so i'll do what you want me to do you know and it's it's the the combination of what is what uh, it's hard to tell sometimes I, I'm, I agree. We've definitely had issues and struggled with this before yeah. of trying to decide. But right now, kind of the way I'm seeing it is the City of Light did what they wanted it to do for them. Mm. Took away their pain. Yeah. So it's this thing of like, well, wouldn't you want to drive everybody to now have to do that too? This like yeah. it's a good thing you want to share it. Yeah. And someone is pushing you to share it. So it's yeah. like you're inclined to agree that it's good. But someone else is the one truly motivating yeah. you to do it. Yeah. And you're listening to them because they are the facilitator of your happiness. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always weird things, though, too, that, like, like I, can, I can believe that in this scene, right? Right. I can't really believe it when Abby's letting people shoot at Clark. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's it's just, yeah. there's, there's weird things. But I did like this scene. I think that Monty deleting her was great. It was really powerful. And then... The fact, so then Allie does disconnect, and yeah. um, the, the the ensuing argument between Raven and Monty, I thought, was really well acted by both of them. It was heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking, um, and I get both of their points of view here, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really, I guess, a really good scene between two characters that we don't get to see interact that much. Again, yeah. yeah. You can, I, the way I can always tell that some a performance is, like, really genuine when it's emotional and, like, this kind of emotional mm. is when the actors have snot. i know gross but it's true like it makes it's not just like they're crying on cue it's like they're really feeling it yeah like their face looks gross (laughs) that's real yeah yeah good stuff it's powerful (laughs) it's not as powerful (laughs) 
yeah. This, Happy allergy season. This, this show just has so many great actors, and uh-huh. they're really lucky with the cast that they've they found. For but, sure. Um, I so the one thing I did want to talk about with the silly um, visual effects because you brought this up earlier. Uh-huh. I, I thought that the effects of Ali disconnecting and all the monitors going off. Both the sound and the actual visual, I thought, were particularly cheesy, in my opinion. It just looked really, and sounded really fake to me. Um, but that's subjective. I, I, didn't notice. I feel like that's your stereotypical yeah. monitor dying sound. It, to me, it seemed like the effect that you that would stereotypically do in the 1990s. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know. That's the last technology I've used. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know. It just felt silly. Anyway. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we go over to the lunatics. Unless there's anything else you want to say there. Nope. Nope. Left me in a really sad spot. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Um, so Luna is going to send the group back to the on the boats at nightfall. Uh, she takes people in. So there's a few different information that we get about her. So she's, she's, one, she's a person that takes people in that are done fighting. Uh, she tells Octavia that death is all that she knows, and Lincoln wouldn't have brought that here. So, interesting stuff. That, that's interesting. Well, yeah. it's it's pretty true that Lincoln wanted to, when he brought up Luna, it was to escape. Yeah. Both Sky Crew and Tree Crew and everything, and just leave with Octavia. For sure, for sure. And I, I really I really love this introduction for Luna. She really won me over for a lot of this episode. There are some stuff mm-hmm. near the end that I'm a little iffy on, hmm. but for the first half, I was really, really happy, and I, I still am overall very happy. Yeah, I'm, um, she's just so interesting. Yeah, it's actually a different presence than we've had. Very true. Yeah. Uh, so we have Jasper connecting with Shay, the shark lady. Um, a short-lived romance. <laughs> um Aww. Unfortunately, he was, there was a nice little moment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Clark wants to force Luna to take the chip. Um, Bellamy and Octavia are both against it. You know, Bellamy's like, we can fight. And Clark's like, but it's an army of our own people. Octavia's like, even Allie gives people a choice, mm-hmm. which she doesn't really anymore, but last she heard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. We have some interesting tweets about this, so I'm going to probably just move on unless you really want to throw something in about this. No, but I really loved Bellamy and Octavia actually being on the same side. Yeah, that was nice, for sure. Different arguments. Yeah. And what Clark said in response to both of them, too. Yeah. Um, so Luna teaches the kids, some random kids, about fishing. Uh, they talk about how some of the kids were born there, some of them ran away from wars they didn't believe in, or, or orphaned. Just nice little filling out this world a little bit more. Yeah. And filling out Luna and how she feels about everything. Yeah. Like, she takes in the wayward, she takes in the lost. Mm. This is where you go for haven mm. from war. And that kind of re uh, reasserted that really nicely. And in a kind of judgmental way of Clark. Mm. I felt like she was very, like, in a good way being judgmental of Clark. Of Like, you think you're on the side of good, but you are still inciting. Oh, you're saying that she's judging Clark, not Clark is judging her. Right. Are you, okay. You're saying Luna's being judgmental. Yes. Okay, because I, I feel like they're both being sort of judgmental of each other. I mean, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, like Clark is being like, you can't run away. This The yeah. world goes on without you and there are problems that need to be asserted. Yeah. But Luna is like, you are just causing more of the violence yeah. that leaves people lost and orphaned and needing of shelter and respite. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of this... It's an interesting philosophical yeah. debate. It is. Um, 
so they discuss the conclave together and Clark talks about how Lexa was special, which was nice to get more Lexa discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and how Lexa... Clark caring about yeah, Lexa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lexa was working towards peace and you can finish that. And Luna's response is, you know, how many lives would be lost to pay for those that I'd save? No causes are worth killing for. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Which is also contradictory to what happens later in the episode. It is. <laughs> which I think was purposeful, but it's interesting. Right. It, it says an interesting thing about human nature, but I think we'll get to that yeah, later. Yeah. Um, so Clark tries to put the flame into her, but she fails. Um, you know, Luna's like, I didn't flee the conclave because I was afraid I would lose. I fled because I knew I would win. Really cool moment. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and, she, and then the reveal. Yeah. Well, we also, so we also, we find out that she had to kill her brother in the first round, uh, and she ran and didn't want to kill Lexa. Mm-hmm. So that was all cool backstory, really badass moment. Anything else you want to throw there before we get into this? I thought this it was week? skillful exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. Well performed. I really like the actress. Yes. Oh, th- yeah. she's so good. I was a little iffy last week, this week, no issues at all. No, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't feel any iffiness. Yeah. It was just like, new person, what do we think? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, don't know. I feel like I was just like being overly, well, who is this person? What are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I kind of, I like how badass she is. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it, Clark isn't a skillful fighter. She has no reason to be. I mean, she's supposed to be like somewhat, but yeah, comparative. She's been having been having her ass handed to her for most of the season at this point. But again, yeah. six months since the dropship came down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she should not know how to beat everybody. Exactly. Yeah. She's, Whereas she's scrappy and intelligent. She yeah. isn't like yeah. a night blood who's been raised yeah. to fight and be a warrior. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Do you want to read this this long tweet? Yeah. So this is from us underscore tv underscore addict. I was disgusted that Clark tried to force Luna to take the chip. One, it is an invasion of her body and her will. Two, Luna has already denied, oh, sorry, has already declined the chip once. Mm -hmm. Three, Clark is some random person who gained access to Luna's colony by using dead Lincoln's name to drag her back into the conflict. Um, four, not only was Clark going to violate Luna's choice and body, she's going to use violence to force her will on another person. Yeah, I have a really big issue with that one right there. Five, Clark made the choice to distance herself from conflict, but she doesn't respect Luna's choice. Six, I also can't help but feel there is a racial component. Random white woman wants to force a foreign object into a woman of color. Luna might change her mind and take the chip but clark's pathetic attempt to force her makes clark look like the villain all right let's let's hold off on the racial thing for a second Mm -hmm. um i will say that for me and i think that this i I, i'm understanding where this person's coming from here Mm -hmm. i have zero issue with what clark did at all um i understand that when you use words like violating their body and stuff how much how powerful that like idea and that i imagery or whatever you want to say is like that is very powerful but like i think back to when in season one clark was trying to protect finn and she kills that he attacks that guy's knee and murders him in order to protect the people she cares about well she violated his body by murdering him and and like went against what he wanted to do by murdering him in order to protect the people she loved it's exactly what he's doing here i mean that's the thing is, I feel like we're so okay with murder in these things, but we're not okay with these other moments. This, literally, the flame wouldn't hurt her. She's a nightblood. And it, as far as we know, like, Lexa was totally fine. Yes, she's going against Luna's wishes, but 
Luna having her wishes ends the world. So, like, I don't personally... Ends the world? What? Because Allie's gonna take over everything. <laughs> Luna's having... Oh, oh yeah, I Lu- see what Luna mean, doing yeah, what yeah. she wants... You know, at some point... Results yeah, in yeah. Just total destruction. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, this totally is. I am a person who believes, and sometimes the ends justify the means, and mileage will vary on that, but personally, I'm totally with Clark here. So so that's the thing. I, I can understand why Clark would do this. Like, from the reasoning of the characters from the show, Yeah, it makes sense that this is something Clark would justify yeah. and do. And not be happy about. We right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's not like she she feels like she has to do this. Yeah. But, and that's sympathetic of like, otherwise, you know, Clark used to be a good person, would never think to violate someone's will and wishes. Yeah. But now the circumstances of it's one person's volition over thousands of lives. Yeah. That said, I feel like it's kind of, crappy yeah <laughs> like i don't like it you know well, i mean says... i didn't like it when she murdered dante either because dante was a good person you know <laughs> but right i i don't know it's but it also but it definitely does feel like I've, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with point number five about how clark had a choice to go away from conflict and she didn't give luna that choice well because when she made that choice it wasn't me do this or the world <laughs> you know like i don't know to me i think and obviously there's a silliness level here but to me i feel like there's the whole with great power comes great responsibility thing here mm-hmm. luna is responsible for the entire world and if she's choosing not to then she's you know that's... But it's it's her right to choose not to <laughs> i don't know that it is in this situation yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think don't... we're just going to have to end up yeah. disagreeing. Well, like, that, that's totally fine. Yeah, no. Yeah. But I, I think that that's the issue where it would have been kind of a good, th- you know, I would have looked forward to seeing what would have been the results of yeah. Clark forcibly chipping. Yeah Luna with the flame. Well, I do think it's an interesting discussion as f- philosophically as far as like if Luna's like, I'm just going to be totally isolationist and take care of my 30 people, and I have the power to save hundreds more, but I don't do it, how culpable is that person? You know? I think it does make her culpable, but yeah. it's her choice to be culpable. Yeah, I suppose. If but... she wants to protect a small group of people and continue to take in just the ones that are Yeah, but then it couldn't, by, that arg- by that argument, couldn't I say it's Clark's choice to be culpable of taking away one free will, free will from one person in order to save hundreds? Yeah, and yeah, I agree yeah. that, like, for Clark, yeah. it makes sense to make yeah. that decision. Yeah. For Luna, it makes sense to make yeah. that decision. I don't know for Luna. That I, I, it does make me, especially near the end, I was like, I don't know. Even though I really like Luna, and I think her philosophy is interesting and different, and I love the performance, I don't know that I am on board with her decision-making. I'm not but, sure if she won't change her mind, yeah, that's actually. For, for sure, for sure. So, But the problem is that she could have changed her mind without Clark. Yeah. You know, she could still do that without yeah. Clark doing this. Again, I, I, I enjoyed the scene. I kind of yeah. like that Clark went there. Yeah. So, I I don't really have a problem. Like, I don't really see yeah. this. I'm okay with being disgusted by it in a way. Yeah. I'm not even fully disgusted, but I have... I'm I'm glad that it gives me a reason. Mm-hmm. It, the show gives me yet another thing to think about of where yeah. can I draw the line on yeah. 
this violation of yeah. what is de- murder is a violation, and so is this, and I'm okay with one, but not the other. Especially when the show gives us Bellamy and Octavia both pointing out that like they don't think this is a good idea. Yeah, someone is yeah. count. Someone is still counterbalancing Clark. Yeah. It's not like the show's like that's a great idea. Yeah. We should do that <laughs> to anybody who like that. Yeah, it, it's a good thing. So I'm glad they did it, and I'm okay. okay with Clark being the one to have suggested it. Now let's talk about the racial component. Okay. Um. So. We're unsure about, and we're legitimately confused, so if you know the answer, let us know. If there is one. Yeah. Whether Luna is supposed to be read as a woman of color, because neither, both of us read her as white. Mm -hmm. The only information we can find is that she's from Germany, which can mean a whole number. Anything, it's like the same thing as (laughs) she's American or whatever, Um, like who knows, that could mean a multitude of things, so. We both definitely read it as... Uh, as her being white. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to throw I in mean, there? I just, like, there's definitely a thing where you could read, like, well, certain things about her, like, the way she looks could be read as having her be of, like, mixed ethnicities, but I could say that I know, like, lots of Jewish girls who identify as just white mm. look exactly, or have, like, a lot of the same facial and body characteristics as Luna, which makes me uncomfortable of, like, you know, we don't read Jewish people as people people of of color. color. We read them as white in a lot of cases. And you should throw out that you're Jewish. And I'm Jewish, yeah. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) you know, I don't read myself as a person of color. And there are obviously people of color who are Jewish, but, like, specifically with, like, Luna's physique and, Mm. like, visual appearance yeah. we can't just make that call so i uh, yeah i'm really unclear i will say i honestly if anything if people like or prove us wrong and say she is a woman of color that actually would make me happy because i think she's a really cool character and it'd be nice to have another woman of color on the show <laughs> but i don't think that it would specifically be saying something about about race if clark would do this to anybody yeah it doesn't like so i don't feel like that's like i doesn't feel like anything to me and especially and she isn't killed or any have anything awful like she has bad things happen to her but well, like yeah. bad things happen to everybody uh you know at the end of the day so, that's what yeah. the show is yeah. about bad things happen to everybody you know, so i i don't particularly see issues here but it always i always feel uncomfortable being in that position of like in with a show like this where i kind of want to praise um like, their diversity and everything. But yeah. Just, like, a lot of people had that debate with, like, are we supposed to read Octavia as a person of color? Or are we supposed to read Bellamy? I'm just, like, I feel so uncomfortable about, like, designating people yeah. who aren't, especially in a world where that's not being talked about. Yeah. Where it's not an issue at all. And, like, trying yeah. to put that on people in the real world, like, it's very It's very seedy. complicated. Because uh, we were also saying, and, you know, again, if we're wrong, let us know, but... Is it possible that she could just, like, legitimately be German in real life, but based on her appearance, the character can be read as a person of color? Like, is that allowed? I don't... I, I don't like, know. Like, I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, moving on. Yeah. And, once again, <laughs> sociology classes would be helpful right now. Um, all right, so Luna is sending our group home. Uh, this guy named Captain... Uh, sees Luna and with the flame, and we find out he's kept, and he attacks. Um, he locks Bellamy, Clark, and Octavia in the container, and Luna and the flame are taken. Uh, then we have Jasper and Shay walking together. Shay is killed, and, ja- and Jasper is captured. So speaking of women of color, um, 
this was sad to see Shay get killed. Yeah. Um, I, for a second, I was like, do they have to do it? But then I was like, well, I guess later Derek is killed and like, because for a second I was like, do they have to kill a woman of color to motivate Jasper? But then they kill the white guy to motivate Luna. So I guess they balance it out and they kill a bunch of white guys too throughout this episode. Um, but it's yeah. it's a weird. What is your I feel, feeling? I I hate doing this count. Yeah. Like if I know. you're saying this, and I'm just like Dan, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it just it, it's weird. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to do the couch to counterbalance because 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 yes, my first reaction was like, did they have to do that? But you can't. I can't. Like I don't feel justified in being like, how could you do that? when they're killing tons of people and she just happens to be one of them. Yeah, you know, like, that's kind of the perspective I choose to realize. Yeah. Like, they're just killing people. Like, just let's yeah. do that. Yeah. But, which we can't always do on the show. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, I think it's just, like, she, this character, Shay, has a very small but powerful journey in this episode. Yeah. Like, her introduction, she's given a character, she's given a personality, and whoop! Yeah. Ripped away from us. I, I mean, I, I I did like what it did for Jasper. I did like that he had that moment and then he was like, well, this is what my life is. And I thought yeah, that was... Yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting uh, and I liked that, but I am definitely sad to see Shay have to be sacrificed. I know. Easily. It's like, look at all the other very interesting characters that could be in this show, but they're <laughs> killed. Yeah. Somewhere there's a weird spinoff with Gina and Shay. Oh, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Bellamy realizes the drone at Nyla's must have followed them there. How does that make any sense? Hey, I s- shot it down. Okay, so I, the assumption, I think, in Bellamy's mind would be there was a second drone that they didn't see that followed them. I think this is a red herring, and this is how they explain it to themselves so they don't think about it that much, but it's really just that Harper's chipped. Shit. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it is. That makes sense. Um, that makes that makes way more sense than the drone. Yeah, but yeah, there was a thing in the tr- in the uh, theme song this week that made it look like maybe drones were flying into the water. So I was like, oh, maybe it is real. Um, and we brought at that point yeah. where it seemed where for some reason I thought that there were tons of drones. I do, think th- I do think there's more than one. So it's possible he's right and there was just a hidden drone. But I, given the Sinclair thing, I feel like there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so Lunar is tortured in order to get her to take the ship. Um, again, very violent. I hated seeing that. Um, very hard it. to watch that. Um, I don't personally have an issue with that violence, but it was not super. I it have was... <laughs> the same issue I have with this violence as I do apparently with all violence on TV, which is I don't like watching it. Which, I don't know when that happened to you. I don't know. I was, again, watching Age of Ultron, I was like, okay, people being shot at, whatever. No problem. The hundred, I'm just a wreck. Well, it's very, you know, I thought it was interesting, and I retweeted a thing from Devin Boswick, I think that's his name, the guy who plays Jasper, talking about how... maybe? That might be what it is. Um... He's, he tweeted about how everybody's been talking about like how oh, how the the hundreds gotten so violent lately, and then he was like, you know, in episode three of the show, we had a little girl kill a guy and then commit suicide, and it's like when I first saw that, I was like, yeah, good point. It's always been violent, mm-hmm. and we did have like the torture of a Lincoln and stuff. But I do think that lately, but also well, okay, the drilling happened last season too. I, but I do feel like lately we've seen a lot of very viscerally visually violent like the thing that happened with killing with killing um wells and then 
what's her name? Charlotte, Charlotte killing herself. Mm-hmm. Like, those are dark ideas. Yeah. They weren't visually that violent. Yeah. You know? And same thing with, like, the culling. Yeah. You know, like, that was a really dark thing. But it was peaceful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, I... Unsettling. They're yeah. unsettling, whereas this is violent. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying... I'm not even saying that this is, like, a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it's getting more violent. Mm-hmm. I do think it's at the point where it should probably have a warning in front of it, which we've said before. Does but it still not? I don't think it does. I haven't been noticing them. I mean, I don't know why anyone <laughs> would listen to us. Like, I'm not saying, that, oh, since then, they've paid yeah. attention and have changed but, their minds. Um, but, like, come on. But, no. yeah, it does feel like on a more regular basis, there is more viscerally, visually violent, like, very violent things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't, again, I don't know that's a bad thing, necessarily. Um, yeah. All right. So, Derek takes the chip in order to stop Luna's torture, and then he understand. tortures her. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, did he think that by taking it, they would stop doing what they were doing at Luna? Probably, because he probably didn't... They, they don't know the whole thing. He probably didn't even know about the Nightblood thing and the whole the flame and all that jazz, yeah. He probably, probably just hopes that... I mean, they're, in general, they barely understand the whole chip thing, I assume, Yeah, so. like, why would they? They're, being, they're separated yeah. from everything yeah. else. Um, so then he tortures her. That was really hard to watch, too. Yup! Um, Shay lets Clark and company out as her last act and directs them to Luna, which was, that was nice that she got yeah. that. Um, so Allie is going to torture the child Luna cares about in order to get her to take the chip. And I wrote down, why not just start there or start by torturing Derek? Uh, yeah, <sighs> I don't know. Whatever. Because plot. Because they want to keep growing the city alight, I guess, and yeah. not risk killing um, yeah. people. Okay. Because we need all the children in the city of light. Uh, <laughs> sure. Because then um, they can make more, and when they grow up, they can make city like children themselves. Yeah. But also, why would you risk hurting Luna when Luna, you need more? I don't know. It just... I, well, the, <laughs> maybe the idea is because with what they were doing with waterboarding, it's like harder to kill someone yeah. than well, just. Waterboard the children. Oh, that, stop! That's really yeah. t- I should never oh have said God. that in my life. You have that. You have that on audio now. <laughs> Someone can manipulate that. Don't. <laughs> Oh Make sure the name of our episode. Please don't. Thank uh. goodness it's red sky at morning, right? Morning, yeah, not night. Not okay. morning. So uh. Luna breaks free and kills everyone shipped, including Derek, who she clearly loved. Oh, that was hard to watch. And she mourns. Great music, great performance. Just screaming. Yeah. Ugh. I'm um I'm torn about this. Uh, the the her performance was phenomenal. The mm-hmm. the choreography of her killing them was really strong, and it was like a strong moment. It felt too much for me. Um, in the same episode that really introduced her and her ideology, uh-huh. uh, it felt. And they're they're obviously very low on time at this point within the season. Mm-hmm. But like, literally having the episode where she has the ideology of not killing for any reason ever. Going from that to killing four people, including the person you loved, all within one episode. Yeah. It just felt like, yes, I know they were going for that. Like, she's saying there's no there's no reason worth killing, and then she ends up having to kill because the kid is a good enough reason. Yeah. But it just felt a little bit too fast. Yeah, I can, I can <sighs> see that. The way I read it is just, like, she... I read it more as her survival instinct. Yeah. Of... The fact is that that's kind of what she was raised to do and programmed to do. And she left those circumstances because she knew in those circumstances she had to kill and she would have to continue killing. She would win. She would kill as commander. All of that. Um, 
And so she left and removed herself. And then the circumstances found her. And, like, maybe killing everyone but Derek is, like, easy. And then when it came to killing Derek, it's like she was shocked and revolted by her own actions. But it was this survival thing of, like, not even realizing anymore that that was Derek, but kind of the same thing that would drive her to kill her brother. Yeah. Like, I would have to do this. That being the same thing that made her kill him. I can see that. I I just, I feel like, I feel like it makes me respect her less, and I wanted to respect her point of view, you know, that she, that she was so, okay, it's not like it was easy, she was tortured and the kid was threatened, but within one episode, she completely went off on that ideology to the point of killing four people. Like, if she just killed... I kind of wish she had only killed Derek. Like, somehow the situation was such that Mm -hmm. she could have just killed that one. Or that... There was no fighting in a way to try to save them. You know? Like, there was no... Like, if there was, like, an attempt to... Like, maybe if she had been able to find a way to, like, incapacitate everybody besides Derek and then had to kill Derek because he was super forced into that, then I think I would have liked that. It just felt like she didn't even try to find... Like, that. her whole thing is, do anything you possibly can to avoid killing. And I don't feel like she even tried to avoid killing here, well, I think, aside from letting herself... Well, the, 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 uh, the, I feel like the issue stands with... It, in the moment, it meant other people's lives were at risk, too, other than her own, and, like, that weight... But I feel like she redeems all of that with deciding against, like, playing playing our group yeah, and making it seem like she would go through the ceremony and her resolutely standing by despite her regrets. Like, she feels the regret. Yeah. She wishes. Like, you can see the look on her face of not just mourning, but, yeah. like, I read it also as her hating herself yeah. for going back on what she believes in in that moment. But then she makes the choice again to... Yeah. Continue not to kill. I don't... So, like, I see your point of view, and in that way, like, I don't have, like, a huge issue here. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that reading works. I see yours, too. But I I also feel like it just felt a little bit rushed to me. I can see that. Um, I can can definitely see that. It's just... I feel like they had to do this. Yeah. Like, they had to put all these three circumstances of Allie potentially taking things over, being taken over yeah. at the same time yeah. that I don't know how else they could have staggered yeah. it. So I'm again, kind of okay with it taking place this episode, but I yeah. see your point. And yeah. And again, I think that would have, what would have worked better for me is if they had found a way for her only to have to kill Derek. Be- if like, if, if there was a way to incapacitate the other people, knock them out or whatever, or or if they just, or if Clark came in, if, like, everybody else came in and they stopped the other people, and so the only person yeah. Luna had to stop yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, like, if all the others had found a way to kill the other ones, but Luna yeah. was forced to only kill Derek, yeah. I would have liked that more, yeah. too. And especially because that, like, Shay goes and lets them out, and then they do nothing. <laughs> like, well, they don't have their weapons. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it just, what was even the point? Like, they could have just To go get had... the chip to go... No, I, my, point, I my point is that, like, they could have just had, like... Shay didn't even have to do that, and they could have just had Luda do what she did and then go and get, you know, like, it just... It was, well, that would have been boring. I suppose. But they, I, I think it was boring that Clark and everybody just ran in and did nothing. <laughs> but then there's Jasper, and then seeing Bellamy with a child, yeah. and then again, it put it makes it make more sense for 
the following scene. Yeah, I suppose for them it, to have witnessed this. Yeah, that's true. And I they actually, had to be there. Yeah, man. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I can. I can agree with that. Okay. All right. I think we're 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 done. You kind of covered the ending that they get left on the beach with mm-hmm. with the flame and uh, no idea what to do next. Yeah, I do like the fake out with the water. Yeah. First of all, it was interesting, their chant or, like, their saying about, like, from water we rise and to... From water we were born to water we return. Yes, I really like that and how each place has their own. Yeah. It reaffirms the world building. Very Game of Thronesy. Sure, yes. (laughs) And as usual. But also, I was like, damn, how did you not see it coming? What? Kind of the thing. As soon as they Uh, were all had the water, I was like, don't drink it. uh, Something (laughs) bad is about This is too easy. And I really love the Luna's line. Yeah. So Clark. Yeah. Yes. He says, uh, you believe that to defeat an enemy that will stop at nothing, you must stop at nothing. How is that any different from blood must have blood? So I'm glad that like the idea of blood must have blood permeates the series and that Mm -hmm. there are, they are continuing sort of the philosophical debates and keeping that component there for an interest. I'm sure we'll have an interesting ending message for the end of this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I kind, I just kind of wish that Luna had been shown up a little bit sooner. I can yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right, so I'm ready to get into some random thoughts that I wanted to throw in involved with some of the stuff from last week. Are you cool? Yeah. All right. Take it away, Dan. So one thing I've been thinking about, uh, sort of going on more into why I felt like last week I had said that I felt like we had lost Jaha this season. And a little bit more I want to throw in about that is that uh, to me in season two, even though Jaha was like kind of going off the deep end. He felt like he was a human desperate in his religious zeal, whereas in season three, he feels like Robo-Jaha with only one emotion and not a whole lot of layers. So it, to me, he's he's been brought into the alley level of we have one mode, no valleys and peaks, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so that is a bummer to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to throw in thinking about last week was that um, I thought it was interesting thinking back that Octavia has kind of learned to beat people until they want to fight, uh, fight, until they want to fight back to survive, seemingly from Pike. Yeah. Because now we've seen her repeatedly with Lincoln and Indra and people be like, punch them until they want to fight back. And knowing that she saw Pike do that, it's really interesting and horrifying. And I don't think that was intentional. I'm not sure. Because they very specifically put her in that scene. So I don't know. Like, they could have easily had somebody else. I... I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. I, it would be pretty cool if that was true. Yeah. All right. Now, um, we have, we have we have a couple of emails we're going to get into in a second, and um, a lot of people sort of disagreeing with us about some of the stuff we said about Bellamy last week, and I'm excited to get into their points of view and uh, a lot more about the Bellamy-Clark scene from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, I wanted to go into... I have sort of a, an email that I wrote myself because I was thinking about this a lot. Uh, I want to go into my thoughts a little bit further. So here we go. Um, Last episode, I admitted there may be some hypocrisy with me being okay last season with how quickly Clark got past Finn versus how I'm taking issue with the Balark scene so soon after Lex's death. While I still admit that's hypocritical, I'd like to explain my point of view in more detail. As I see it, Finn was a poorly handled character who went from cheating on his devoted girlfriend to being super short-sighted and self-righteous to going insane for no reason. I felt the show needed to move past him. That said, the speed to which Clark was able to fit, to fall for the girl that made him kill her, 
um, made her kill him, I mean, was kind of silly. And that was, that's a totally valid critique of season two, in my opinion. So, you know, even if I'm being hypocritical, if anything, I feel like we should have probably been more hard on the Lexa thing happening so quickly. Um, and then, so to me, unlike Finn, Lexa was a great character, in my opinion, who meant a lot to many people. And I feel her memory should be treated with more care, especially given the circumstances of her death. Also, unlike Finn, Lexa died directly at the height of Clark's feelings for her. If Finn had died right after their art room sex scene uh, and Clark barely mourned him, then yeah, that would have been a super poorly handled development. Instead, he died after murdering innocent people and children. Who wants to see that guy's memory honored or the protagonist mourn for him for eps on end? That's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say one yeah. thing. Also, we were when we were podcasting and analyzing like seasons one and two, yeah. we were doing it in like huge chunks. Yeah. It was on a binge watch, whereas now we're paying like pretty close attention, yeah. like really tearing apart each episode individually. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm not saying that it's an excuse, it's just like as we podcast more and more, we're getting deeper and deeper yeah. into the mythology of the show and we're paying more attention to it. Yeah. And it's this kind of thing where we definitely missed more stuff or didn't yeah. address as much mental energy to that kind of stuff yeah. as before as we do now. And also, I remember when the Lexa romance started budding and even when the kiss happened and stuff, as much as I was really happy with it, I remember seeing people saying, this is kind of crazy how quickly she's moved past the Finn thing. Mm. And I remember being like, yeah, that's totally valid. I, it doesn't super bother me personally, but that is a valid critique of how things went. It was a little too quickly. Um, And that was just because of the number of episodes they had and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that said, I'll admit there was more than just shipping in the Bellamy Clark scene in 313, and I let my desire to see Lex's memory treated with care cloud that. It was important that Bellamy forgive her for leaving given their previous conversation, and it makes sense that she'd be relieved by that, you know, a.k.a. the smile and the hug and everything. Um, Despite that, there is still a huge dissonance for me hearing Clark suggest that Bellamy should someday forgive himself. As a viewer, it feels far too soon for someone to suggest that. He's barely acknowledged the gravity of his mistakes, and personally, I don't think he should ever fully forgive himself. The writers have made their protagonist pretty hard for me to connect to here, and I don't think that was intended. I was literally more on her side when she was committing to genocide. Whoa, damn. <laughs> I really was. I mean... <laughs> I was totally... like I don't think that was, like, That's the a right... really weird way of putting it. <laughs> I know, but, like... I was more with that character and understood her, what she, I, 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 I was backing her play there more when that was going on. Right, right. I, and I do not, I, in no way do I connect with her, even if it somewhat makes sense, no way do I connect with her telling Bellamy that he needs to be able to forgive himself. Um, do you want to throw in anything else before I finish I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I yeah. kind of, I feel like I should kind of elaborate it on a yeah. little more of like, with the Mount Weather genocide is a thing of like it's it's come to the point where it is our people surviving versus their people surviving and of course that's like tearing people tore and continues to tear clark apart yeah and she's still just coming to terms with yeah it. especially it wasn't just when she was doing it but the fact how she reacted to doing it i was like yeah this is great i love what this is ha- what's happening here like it's an you appropriate know, like, yeah. reaction yeah given what she felt and did have to do yeah okay and then and then there's like bellamy where which you know again we've said time and again for us the the rush 
on that being so kind of like background motivated as yeah. opposed to on screen it's it's harder to compare because on screen we saw the the stakes mm. for Clark and Mount Weather. We yeah. saw the stakes at which she was held. Whereas Bellamy it was like pulling stuff from the past yeah. and adding it together and an accelerated time. Yeah. And then the consequences that it really of that were Lincoln's death. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, what forgiveness is it that he's that Clark is trying is is it that Clark is trying to get him to accept like like is she trying to get him to forgive himself for the massacre of 300 grounders or for lincoln or for lincoln for lincoln i can let go a little bit more because i don't think that's directly his fault um but which maybe that's maybe i misread it maybe she was talking specifically about lincoln in which case i have much less of an issue but it just hearing somebody on the show at this point suggest that, even if it's in character, is just really hard for me. So can I finish what I was? Of course, okay. I I'm to, just yeah. yeah. I just have one more yeah, paragraph. Yeah. So okay, I said uh, I don't think Bellamy should have been indignant with O, but rather accepted her anger because he knows he doesn't deserve forgiveness yet. He should have thought about leaving, but Clark could have told him uh, that she knows that helps no one. Instead, he should try every day to earn O's forgiveness. Clark could say that even though he can't take back the bad he's done, that he shouldn't let that get in the way of the good he can do today. I feel like that advice is in Clark's character without letting Bellamy off the hook too easily. So in conclusion, I'll admit the scene was in character and made sense, but I've just never felt so distant from the show's leads, and I don't think that the writers wanted that. I'm really inclined to agree with the, I really agree with everything you have in this last part Yeah. Here. Um, because I feel like the whole idea of, okay, like I'm okay with like the idea of like redemption and being like, you know, maybe you don't deserve forgiveness. Maybe you can't take back what you've done. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to earn your forgiveness and try to do good and try mm-hmm. to make up for it. And I feel like that is the advice that I want to hear. And that still, like, makes sense to come from Clark. But it's not as easy. Right. You know, like. Yeah. I can see that. It's, again, it's just hard to understand, like, what she means by forgiveness. Like, does she mean all of this? Does she mean working towards earning it back like yeah. what does it involve in her mind for bellamy to do yeah and i don't and it, i don't think i considered that too much last week yeah I, i'm in this weird spot too where like i'm not sure what which parts of what i'm saying are like actually a critique versus just like how i feel with this particular issue it feels very clouded because i, I do feel like i am it's just part of me feels like it's a legitimate critique to say that there's a problem when a lot of your audience in no way connects with the characters that you want them to be connecting with. Yeah. Because I do think they want... It's not like we're supposed to be like, oh, look at this interesting thing of... like It's not like we're walking Breaking Bad and we're like, we're, we don't connect with what Walter White is doing, but that's like on purpose. Yeah. You know, like I don't think... They, they want us to be liking Bellamy here. They want us to agree with Clark when she says that. You know, like... And so... But for some people, they probably are. So it does end up in this subjective thing... Where I don't know, yeah, how to how to what degrees it. it's supposed to be suggestive, uh, subjective, yeah, versus not. I I don't know. I definitely think that I, I was definitely on board with with you more last week about how like how disrespectful this was of Lexa. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I think what stuck with me is how little it made sense for Bellamy to already be on the stage of forgiving himself. Yeah. Well, I do think- And that's because there wasn't this like as you said, there yeah. wasn't this advice, there wasn't this like Yeah. 
learn from my mistakes, learn from my lessons, which would have made way more sense yeah. for Clark to impart to Bellamy. And I mean, there is still the whole idea of together we'll find we'll find a way to forgive ourselves. Right. And, and it's not saying like, oh, you're there yet. But just I don't even think he should be looking at that stage yet because he should still be in the stage of examining the gravity of what he did and trying to make up for, you know, like, and I, I, I don't know. It just, then that moves to the, moves on to the point of view, I guess, of like the writers. Is that interesting to see? I Well, to me, okay. So we were watching, I do want to bring up, we talk about Game of Thrones all the time, uh, without going to super spoilers. I, I we were watching the latest episode, the second episode of season six, the other day, and we saw Theon, who so thoroughly has been through crap. He yeah. did he did awful things, and he knows he did awful things, and he doesn't think he deserves forgiveness for it. Like he's just like, yeah, I did all these awful things, and like I suck, and I feel and there's like, no way I can get forgiven. Yeah, but but he is being redeemed by the show by feeling that way and by doing good things now. And so now yeah. we want to see good things happen to him to some degree. Yeah. Even though he didn't... Continue on this yeah. route of redemption. Even though we saw him do some really awful stuff. Like, yeah. much much directly worse than Bellamy. Yeah. And, and... But I feel like this is being... And you can't do exactly the same thing because Bellamy is much a bigger character. Like, a much more high-level character. You can't spend, like, five seasons of him being tortured and shit the way right. that he did with Theon. Right. Um, but I just feel like I want Bellamy to be more down in the dumps about, like, not down in the dumps, but, you know, like, more destroyed and realize, you know, I don't even deserve, like, I might want Octavia's forgiveness, but I don't even deserve Octavia's forgiveness yet, but I'll try to earn it. But how, yeah, (laughs) I'm inclined to agree. My question is, like, how much would that get in the way of everything that he's capable of doing, or would that even? Probably not. I don't think, the way you're describing it, it wouldn't, but, like, he's... It's it's just like what we're asking for is definitely emphasizing the disconnect. I think that the writers and the writing intended yeah. for us to be on Bellamy's page. Yeah, so I think we should read this email that we got because it goes into that a lot. Okay, uh. <laughs> so in that case, let's get into it. Hey guys, it's C, aka Tardyx, over on Twitter. Uh, love listening to your recaps and analysis throughout the season. I've always It's always awesome (laughs) listening to the different ways people interpret certain scenes because it almost almost always makes me go, huh, I never saw it that way. And it's definitely plausible that's how the narrative wants us to perceive it. But on that note, I thought it was finally time that I add in my two cents on Bellamy's character and his relationship with Clark this season, especially after the episode 13 podcast. After listening to it, I just personally wish that maybe the points I'm about to make were considered, even if it isn't how you feel, because I'm sure there's others that may feel the same way I do. So, I have massive, massive issues with what the writers have decided to do to Bellamy this season, just like most of the fandom. However, the thing for me is that I've put more blame on the writing than the actual character. You could argue that Bellamy going through with a massacre was completely in character or just downright out of character, and honestly... I'm in between in the sense that I understood perfectly where his headspace was at and why he doesn't trust the grounders and why he felt as though he and his people weren't safe. I also get that he's the kind of character that's more or less act first and then ask questions later, but massacring an army without pause? 
I just feel like he's grown so much in the first two seasons that that's not something he'd do before taking a beat and really thinking about it. And the sad part is, I really do think that there had been scenes that displayed more about where he was coming from and made everything seem less out of the blue. Bob had said at a con that so much was cut, and he thinks that if the audience had gotten to see them, they'd understand his actions much more. And that was my biggest issue with 3A. So much happened, but in such a short amount of time. It was so rushed, more so than usual on the show, which is saying a lot. I think it's because they had ADC. Oh, Alicia Debnam Carey. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Alicia Debnam Carey for such a limited amount of time, and they really had to compress a lot of things before they lost her. Someone had pointed out how odd it was that Bellamy would seamlessly go along with a massacre and then suddenly hesitate over much smaller stuff. Okay, let's pause for a second. Great. Uh, the one thing I want to point out here, so I personally don't think it's out of character, uh, I think it was rushed in explaining the particular motivations here, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's out of character as far as we've already talked about how the culling is similar. And yes, maybe he had evolved past that whole thing where he destroyed the radio and everything in season two, but he's also directly reeling from grief right after Gina and being influenced by Pike. And I feel like that can, those co- that combination can very easily make you sort of like relapse or go back to old habits. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so to me, it was in character, even if it was illogical or whatever, you know. Like. Right. Yeah. No, I agree that it was in character. Yeah. In, like, the more I see, the more I'm like, yeah, that was in character, but it was a rushed representation yeah. of his character. Yeah. And the more I think about it of his relationship to the grounders at that stage, it yeah. was, Lincoln was the exception. Yeah. Nobody else mattered. Well, Indra a little bit. It was a little, little bit, yeah. but again, that was in relation yeah. to Octavia. Yeah. It also, honestly, we all, it always comes back to the, the whole three months of peace thing really hurts his argument, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. All right. Uh, I'll get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. But he did what he did, and out of character or not, it's done and it's canon. Again, it's still important to remember that just as much as this char- this turn of his character was rushed, why well, be surprised that his redemption arc would be the same? Jason honestly believed that this arc for Bellamy would be would smooth over just fine because he's a popular character, so he can get away with the shit he's pulled. This is the biggest reason why my issues lie more with the writing than the actual character. The showrunner actually admitted that he was surprised at the reaction this turn had gotten, and the only thing I gotta say to him is no fucking shit. Ugh. Anyway, he'd gone on to reiterate that Bellamy is a hero, and I think that's because that's how he intends to end his character for this season. He's going to go from falling into this dark headspace to being the Bellamy that we knew and loved in the first two seasons and do something heroic. And so, I don't have qualms about the redemption, because I'm not sure how much I see it that way. I feel like we're finally seeing him return to being in character. We've gotten so used to him making dumb decisions this season that made no sense for the most part that him doing right again seems as though he's being redeemed, whereas I just see it as him being Bellamy again, and holla fucking Luya to that. I don't think he's wholeheartedly been cleared of that shit he's done yet, mainly by himself and by Octavia. Okay, pause again. Um, so, the one in issue like i don't I, I can see where you're coming from here for mm-hmm. sure that like it's like yeah this it's just nice to just quickly get back to the character we like mm-hmm. and i don't disagree with that but to me it's kind of like 
two wrongs don't make a right. It's like, okay, yes, it was a mistake to rush this part in 3A, you know, in the first half. Um, but then you, you did do that. Like you said, it's canon now. Mm-hmm. So now you've doesn't matter how you got here. You should write from the where he is then, like where he was then when he screwed up. Write a good arc that makes sense. Instead, it feels like they're doing two wrongs. They, they're doubling yeah, down. They're doubling down on rushing. You know, it's like they not only do they rush into this dark descent, but now they're rushing out of it. And it makes it feel like even more nonsensical. Yeah. So if you, if, to me, like, yeah, like we had already had the mistake of rushing into the dark descent, but at least if they had dealt with the consequences in a mature, long-term manner, then I felt like it might have been worth it, or like I could have gone past that. But instead, we're just—I feel like it almost—I feel like we're going to end this ep- this season. I must be like, well, this was a wash for Bellamy. Just forget about what happened with him and start off. I'm know, kind like, of inclined to agree yeah, like, <laughs> that that's where it feels like we're heading. Yeah. But. All right. And about Bellamy telling Clark about how angry he was at her for leaving, which is going to lead me into this scene in general. Uh, why wasn't he allowed to be? It's always been the two of them against so much shit. They're each other's closest ally, friend, confidant, and they just had to murder almost 400 people together. It was obvious he needed her, even if he doesn't explicitly state that the way Clark does. He's human. He's allowed to have felt angry and resentful towards her for leaving. But that scene was about, well, it was about several different things, but it was also about them finally rebuilding their relationship again and letting go of all of the lingering issues between them. It was fractured pretty badly this season, and whether people like it or not, it is a core relationship on the show. Do you have anything to say? I have a lot to say. Um, first of all, like, yeah, I agree. And this is the part that I was kind of admitting earlier that, like, I was letting things cloud my judgment because, yes, it was it was a important conversation for them to reconnect after their previous conversation at, like, 305 or whatever it was. And it was that, yes, it is a core relationship to the show, whether r- r- romantic or whatever. It mm-hmm. is important for them to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the part... I and I also I I also I, I don't know if maybe we had an email that maybe was harsher toward it than I think we were as far as him being mad at her for uh, leaving and all that stuff because I remember we had like an email I think that said something he he acted like he was acting like a um, husband that beat his wife or whatever or like blamed his wife for beating him or for, for beating what it was some weird there was some email that was like. He was blaming her because because he he was blaming her for leaving for why he did the massacre basically. Yeah. Um. And I, here's the thing: I think I don't I don't feel that way, and I do think um it's okay for him to blame her for for be, to be upset at her for leaving. The problem is that it's hard for me for that to be brought up in that scene in three thirteen. That that is the focus where I feel like he has bigger fish to fry now. You know, like, mm-hmm. like yes, okay, like I get why he would feel that way, but like that isn't the thing that needs to be resolved. That shouldn't be the thing on his mind right now, in my opinion, given the gravity of the other things that he has to deal. With. I mean, I <laughs> suppose, but at the same time, that's still an unresolved. That would leave it as an unresolved yeah. thread. And when when would they address it? And it's human yeah. to still, despite having like larger issues facing you, to still feel wrapped up in the smaller ones that came before it. Yeah. So if anything, that's like. A very human understanding of him, but yeah. if it, it's not the most like narratively strong, yeah, thing. It's just, I, yeah, I, I mean, again, like I don't think it's out of character for him to still be thinking about that. And yes, I do. I guess it makes sense to try to resolve that, but it's just like 
again, is very, I feel huge dissonance when like what matters to them so doesn't matter to me because there are much bigger things going on here than, oh, right. you left me, wow, well, wow. Like, yeah, but that's, I mean, frankly, that's an issue a lot of shows yeah. face from a viewer perspective. Like, the viewers want the characters to be on their page, but, yeah. like, we're expected to be on the characters' yeah. page instead. So, it's so you just, know, again, that might the, just be a me issue, and maybe this was the right thing to do. I I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm fine with it, but... Yeah. I understand both sides of the... I'm certainly not upset about it anymore. I should put that out. Like, I was upset about it last week, but I, I don't care about it. Like, the that's thing. the thing. Yeah, when like... we're getting... When we're doing the podcast, we get, yeah. like, so escalated. Mm-hmm. Like, we're... All of our attention is focused and thoughts and feelings are focused on this show. Yeah. That's, like, kind of all of our external reasoning and logic mm-hmm. simmers down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can still listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's more to this email. Now, onto the whole shippy thing about this. Yeah, I admit, I could see the romantic subtext about it, but I didn't see it at all from Clark. I don't think her smiling into the hug was anything romantic. It was a moment of peace for her, the first she's had since Lexa died. And that makes me happy. I want that for her because the poor girl suffers so much. But I can see also, uh, uh, sorry, but I can also see why people would be upset about this because it might look as though they're setting this relationship to go down a romantic route too quickly after Lexa. But like I said, this season was rushed in more ways than one. In any case, though, the only romantic thing I honestly believe that might transpire with Bellark this season might be Bellamy realizing he has feelings for her. I also feel like that'd be too soon, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went that way. I don't think that diminishes Clark and Lexa, though. It doesn't diminish the fact that Clark Clark loved Lexa and is still grieving. Maybe not as intensely as most would want to see, but we're probably getting there, folks. But anyway, I did love that scene because I was just glad to see Clark find that moment of stillness and Bellamy to receive some comfort. People can hate the guy, but man, did he need a hug. And for the two of them to be truly on good terms again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, about Clark forgiving Bellamy. I don't think she ever really condemned him to begin with. During their argument in 305, she blamed him for letting Pike do this because, surprise, Pike initiated this massacre. Bellamy didn't wake up one morning and think, I'm going to kill 300 grounders today. He went along with it because of Pike convincing him that it was something they had to do in order to survive. It wasn't revenge, not to Bellamy. I'm not erasing the fact that he shouldn't be blamed, too. I'm just saying that Clark understands Bellamy in a way that no one else on the show does. She gets why he did what he did because he believed that he had no other choice, even if that wasn't true. She gets that he's struggling with needing to forgive himself when he realizes that because she's been there. She's fucked up a few times, maybe not on the scale that Bellamy has, so she can empathize with him. And it totally makes sense to me. Honestly, without that, I'm pretty sure Bellamy would break completely. Yeah, Dude. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, again, it's a weird thing, because yes, I as I admitted earlier, like, it, it makes some sense for Clark's character, I'm not saying it's illogical, but I'm just nowhere, it just sucks to not be in the same headspace right. as Clark, who I've always been in the same headspace with. I think that's really putting the finger on it, where yeah. I can totally see where Clark is coming from. Yeah. And I really like her and Bellamy working together again yeah. in this way and, try, like, being on the same page and supporting each other and being that, like, team of two leaders, mm. group, you know, leading yeah. other fellow like-minded, more or less, yeah. people. <laughs> but as a viewer, 
given what we've seen. Yeah. And it being different from what Clark has seen. Yeah. And not having Clark's experiences as much as we try to, like, understand yeah. it and we can condone it and all of that. It's yeah. just, like, it's just too different, I think, for me yeah. to and, fully get on board. And it's because I feel like you're supposed to think that she thinks that what she's done is equivalent to what Bellamy's done. And I just don't agree with her. And so that's hard to watch, too. We're just, like... Yeah. No, I'm not saying, not to say that um, your argument here is, like, wrong. I really like it yeah. and respect it and well, like that point sure. of view. Sure. It's just, like, for us, in the bubble or whatever that we're in, yeah. it's hard for us to, like, fully get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just a little bit more left to say. Yeah. Okay. Also, a quick thing about Bellamy and Octavia. Yeah, it might be annoying to see Bellamy trying to get Octavia to forgive him so soon, but that's so real to me. It's his sister. He's desperate for her forgiveness, even though he knows he probably doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deny the fact that he has some of Lincoln's blood on his hands, but the fear of losing her forever scares him more than anything. So, of course, he'll do and say everything he can to get her back. I feel like I've kind of covered this. That yes, yeah. I'm not saying it's unrealistic, but I just think that it it could. I think it's not. It wouldn't have been unrealistic for him to be like, "Yeah, I suck," and just take the like. I really liked what he let her hit him repeatedly. And I I kind of wanted that mentality to stay for longer. From her point no, of view, no, from from, his. from him, from when he was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna let her hit me because that's what she needs, and that's maybe what I deserve." And I feel like that should have stayed a little bit longer. That mentality. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree. It's just it goes back to how interesting is that to watch? Like, it's not that interesting for me to see Bellamy being Octavia's human punching bag for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know because to me, it's like. That like, like like I'm saying like that could have been like like in the version of that scene that I was suggesting that like it could have been one too many times and he's like maybe I should just leave I can't help anybody and then have Clark sort of build him up again and be like earn her forgiveness I think that's interesting to watch and maybe you disagree that, with me no that's no no fine, I am but, interested in yeah. like earning the forgiveness yeah. it's more the how Octavia would react yeah. back to Bellamy. Well, then maybe, like, Clark could have had a talk with Octavia or something. That but, would like, not it, go well. I don't and know. Both My know point that. is, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. This In is... a way, I'm kind of, like, definitely very interested. We have one more email on this subject. Yeah. But, like, I'm ready to see what else the show has to say about Bellamy and yeah. Octavia and Clark yeah. from this point on and kind of, like, separate it yeah. out from this scene unless directly necessary. Yeah. I, I do want to say I'm very glad we got this email. It, it explained the opposite point of view very well and has good arguments and that, you know, maybe it's... I'll admit, maybe there are better arguments than I'm making. Maybe I mean, I, I really appreciate yeah. this email. I was really <laughs> opening my mind up to yeah. the doubts other people are feeling but also their con like how they feel confidently yeah. and that's kind of nice yeah. to compare it to our doubts and yeah. what we feel confidently yeah. so it's kind of nice um do you want to read this next yeah. one so this next email is this next and last email is from shahin um and they said i wanted to contribute to the bellamy versus clark debate um it seems that many consider bellamy's actions to be much more reprehensible than clark's I believe that's largely due to the fact that Bellamy's participation in the massacre of the Grounder Army is usually compared to Clark's genocide at Mount Weather. The main difference seems to be that Clark had no choice at Mount Weather, Jasper notwithstanding, while Bellamy could obviously choose not to participate in the massacre. However, I believe that as a comparison to Bellamy's participation in the massacre, Clark's decision to let Tawny C. get bombed is, much, is a much better parallel than the genocide at Mount Weather. Um, specifically, it's not clear that Clark had no other choice in Tawny C., but, be, but before delving into it in more detail, let me make a few preliminary remarks. 
First of all, I won't deny that Bellamy's development was rushed and a lot was left for the viewer to infer. Secondly, I think it's pretty clear that overall, Bellamy has a much has a much more flawed character than Clark's, Clark does, which makes him very interesting to some viewers, myself included, but very insufferable to others. Thirdly, unlike Clark and Tandusi, who was working with everything she knew, Bellamy decided to ignore some of what he knew. For example, he heard uh, in Polis that the Ice Nation was the main culprit and that Lexa was planning to retaliate, but seemed to ignore that based on his mistrust of Lexa. Interestingly, Bellamy was in fact correct in blaming all Grandners for the explosion because all Grandner ambassadors were in on it, but as far as we know, Bellamy didn't have that information at the time. All right, before I go on, mm-hmm. I just want to throw out um, that I totally did have a huge issue with Clark doing the Ton DC thing at the time. I've kind of let it go because the show has so thoroughly moved past that That's at this very... point. But at the time, it was it is definitely it probably does remain her the the thing the big thing she did that I was the most like I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah, um, I definitely think it's more morally reprehensible. Yeah, on that like just that than the Mount Weathered yeah genocide. I feel weird saying that, yeah. but like it is though it is. Yeah. But because. Like, the forgiveness she's asking for is about Mount Weather. Yeah. Like, her guilt is m- pretty explicitly about Mount Weather and yeah. not so much about Ton DC that it's, like, that's what's kind of forcing yeah. my comparison. Well, yeah, and it's, 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 I mean, I probably, in all honesty, by season four, when Bellamy's arc has nothing to do with this and he's doing totally different things, I probably will have let go of this. Yeah, but like, probably. It, but it's, like, while I'm in the middle of it, the same way while I was in the middle of the Ton DC thing, I had super issues... You know, yeah. But you bring up a good point, Sean. All right. So with these preliminaries out of the way, let's see how the two actions, namely letting Tony C get bombed on the one hand and participating in a preemptive strike against the Grounder Army on the other, compare from the point of view of moral philosophy. There are both similarities and differences. I like the way that uh, he broke this down. So okay. So similarities. One, victims. Both actions led to the deaths of hundreds of people, similar, similarly in quantity, um, and the victims in both cases were innocent and unsuspecting, similar in quality. Um, quantity and quality. Yes, yeah, yes. I, yeah, I Just apologize. to emphasize that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two, lack of imminent threat. Neither action was taken to remove a credible imminent threat. Of course, Mount Weather itself was an ongoing threat, but uh, evacuating Tandusi would not have led an to any imminent danger to the Alliance, and certainly no danger that did not already exist, whether imminent or not. The risk was that Bellamy's cover might be blown, but that would not add to any new threat. Worst case scenario, Bellamy would have been found out a little earlier. Remember that he was in fact found very soon, as there was no way he wouldn't. they wouldn't have realized that Lovejoy was missing and that his card was still being used. Uh, That there was no credible imminent threat in the case of the preemptive strike should be clear. Of course, Pike and Bellamy thought there was a threat threat eventually, but it wasn't an imminent one. Um, Three, availability of other options. In both cases, other courses of actions were clearly plausible. Clark uh, even suggested some of them start a fire to make the evacuation look like an accident, only tell a few essential people, etc., um, if there was time for Clark and Lexa to escape and for Clark to go back and argue with Abby, there would have been time to start a fire or inform a tight circle of people. In Bellamy's case, the obvious alternative was, of course, not to attack the, in the first place. <laughs> Four, intentions slash intended consequences. Both actions were intended to save lives in the long run. The reasoning in both cases was purely um, consequentialist. 
interesting. Good word choice. <laughs> yes. Five, uh, risk. Neither action was done with uh, certainty regarding consequences, but both based on hunches. Both Clark and Bellamy gambled innocent, unsuspecting lives, hoping that they would gain an upper hand in a chaotic war. A.K.A. every war ever fought. <laughs> Six, agency. While both Clark and Bellamy owned up to their decisions, both were under the influence of another leader. Clark let Lexa talk her into the decision, while Bellamy let himself be influenced by Pike. Mm. Seven, effect of the character... Uh, effect on the character of the person. Both actions had deep negative impacts on those committing them. Both Clark and Bellamy seemed extremely distraught and remorseful after that corris- after the corresponding events. I'm going to throw in... I feel like, like yes, the Clark thing got compounded with Mount Weather, but I feel like he more legitimately has seemed for a long time real, feeling really bad and guilty about this. And that, to me, is the other big difference. She about went up, Mount she, Weather? Or? Uh, well, this happened... Mount Weather happens so soon after Tom DC. Right. Yeah, that it's I, easy to kind of group yeah. them together. I mean, they're not specifically throwing out Tom DC that often anymore, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of group them together. And she went away for three months and still has felt guilty also, you know, like... So, <sighs> here's, I guess, my... Just remind me of something. Yeah. What was it that Abby told Clark after Tom DC got bombed? Was it... It was something about... It brought up the whole good... Uh, um, I, I Something about... It had to do with the good guys. So. I know. I know. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be like, we're supposed to be the good guys yeah. or something like that. Just remember that you're supposed to be the good guy. Something like that. Because that was only paid off after Mount Weather yeah, saying like, maybe, maybe there are no good yeah. guys. And that's the through line. Yeah. Not to argue against you, Sean. It's just like, that started with mm. Mount Weather. I mean, it started mm, with, with Tom, Tom DC. DC. But this is like such an ever flowing mm. chain within yeah. and I, the dynamics. And I do again. We're arguing against him, but I also want to say I think he had a lot of really good points. Yeah, these are great <laughs> yeah. points. By the way, I'm yeah. sorry I jumped yeah. to that negative just because it was on the top of my yeah. mind. No, no, no. I'm loving this. Yeah, Actually, all the, and, us just going through all that and not saying anything is because I agreed with everything we were saying. Yeah, <laughs> like that was me just being like, ah, respectful yeah. listening. Yes, yes, quite indubitably. <laughs> all right. Eight. <laughs> um, effect on the person's relationships. Both actions hurt or at least had the potential to hurt some of their closest friends, allies, and loved ones uh, of the person committing them. Interestingly, both actions hurt Octavia emotionally and were perceived by her as absolutely unacceptable. Again, interesting. We, yeah. We've talked to people on Twitter a little bit about... It's kind of unfortunate that Octavia comes off a lot of times as a little self-righteous and that he's never really called on that because everybody else is doing such awful things. <laughs> um, but that's definitely a thing. Yeah. No, these are all really good points. Yeah. Differences. One, mode of action. Clark, quote-unquote, let people die, whereas Bellamy killed people. The distinction between killing and letting die has been extensively discussed by moral philosophers, but there is no con- consensus on its significance while our moral gut feelings often seem to find killing more reprehensible than letting die, it's not clear whether the distinction should make any difference in the evaluating the morality of an act. I want to throw in, this connects nicely with, is Luna reprehensible for letting people die without doing anything? Yeah. Um, two, accompanying, accompanying feelings. Clark did what she did with fear and desperation. Bellamy was angry and vengeful. Hmm. Three, Premeditation. Clark had little time to think about the decision. Bellamy had plenty of time to, de- to deliberate. This, to me, is the key difference. 
Yeah. Um, and that I really did feel like it was, he was super influenced by Alexa and really didn't know what to do. And was kind of just, I was like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Like, I don't know. Like, sure. You seem like, you know what you're doing, Alexa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whereas I felt more like Bellamy was repeatedly told, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. And he really had time to think about it and he did it anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that, yeah. Dan. Uh, four, civilian versus militant. Clark let civilians as well as militants die. Bellamy killed militants only. Interesting thing to say. Yeah. Uh, five, grouping. Clark let some of her own people die. Bellamy killed those he considered the enemy. Six, uh, foreseeable but unintended consequences. Both actions risked backlash. However, Clark did not expect any backlash unless information were to leak, whereas Bellamy knew for sure the grounders would react to the massacre. So the question is, do any of the differences mentioned above justify condemning Bellamy more than Clark? Is it because of the differences between letting die and killing? Is it because of the pre- premeditated aspect of Bellamy's action? Uh, what about the fact that Clark let civilians and her friends die when Bellamy only attacked militants? I'm not sure what the answer is, but I love how this show makes us think. These are all <laughs> such... I've said it probably the like fifth time I'm saying this in the span of this email, but like these are all really good points. And yeah, like thank you yeah. so much for laying out the similarities and differences yeah. in a way that I know that we wouldn't have thought to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. Uh I wonder if I rewatch the Ton DC plot line and watch it like sort of back to back with this, mm-hmm. how I'd feel. Because it really is, to me, it's just like there is a visceral emotional component to my feelings about Bellamy right now, which give them six months or whatever between seasons and I'll probably have let go of mm-hmm. the same way I've let let go of Ton DC. Yeah. Uh, like but but again, should I I probably shouldn't have let go of the Ton DC thing the way I probably shouldn't let go of this. And that yeah, they are pretty equivalent. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I think like you said, for us it's definitely the premeditation part that yeah. makes it so hard to reconcile yeah it's also to me um the big difference again is is the fact that clark felt awful and felt like he couldn't face her people afterwards and and vanished herself for months yeah like she really did and she's still dealing with her guilt and so it's like she really did understand the gravity of what was going on here Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like he has yet. And, you know, if he had gone in his journey or he had whatever, that might be different. But that's, see, that's the thing. Clark was like, I can't even look at these people. I feel so guilty. Whereas Bellamy's, like, indignant about Octavia. He shouldn't even be able to look I, at that. I, 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 he's not strictly indignant about Octavia. Yeah, I, I, I know, but, my, but I, I feel like he should be in the point where he can't even look at Octavia because he feels so bad that he did this to her. You know, mm-hmm. at, at this point right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm more inclined with that, but, like, with this episode, episode 14, not having this, uh, like, these issues. Yeah, it was more fun to watch. Not just more, not, no, not more fun to watch, although it was a good episode. Yeah. It was just kind of, like, showing the consequences of this conversation of just, like, we need to just keep moving forward yeah. and not letting it get in the way. And it was just kind of, like, they have to live with everything. Yeah. And it was kind of nice to have a break from their, like, I hate myself. Yeah. Why should I hate myself? I hate you right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of nice I, to have I, a break I, from I agree. That. I yeah. certainly agree with that, for sure. And it's it almost makes me wonder whether we even needed their, their back, Bellamy and Octavia's back and forth last week. We'd already had her being angry at him. 
I, I feel like See, we could <laughs> That's where I'm more, yeah. like, question, like, that's yeah. more questionable to me than this Bellamy and Clark scene. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've talked this to death. Um, I don't want to ever mention this scene ever again. But if, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But if something relevant, pertinent yeah. comes up, we will obviously discuss yeah. if someone, it. If someone has a new take, I feel like we've gotten a lot of takes, but uh, if someone has another take or Another whatever, unique yeah. take. Let's put it there. Yeah. yeah. Um, feel free to send us. To contact us. Yes. Email the100pod at gmail.com. Um, that's... One zero zero, as with everything that follows. Yeah. Um, send us voice messages, you know, around two minutes of length. You can record them on your phone or on your laptop mic. We've only gotten one so far, so we'd love to hear your lovely voices. <laughs> um, you can also tweet us at The 100 Podcast. Um, Dan runs that mostly, but I chime in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Also, we're uh, on Tumblr, the100-podcast.tumblr.com. Um all of our old episodes are there. The ones with season one and two recaps. All that jazz. Yeah. And um, recently we are now on Google Play Podcasts. Which is good for Android users and all that jazz. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're catching on. Mm-hmm. We're also on Stitcher still, yeah. too. Um, and lastly, please review us on iTunes. We haven't had any new reviews. I believe we had a new rating, which you can also, ratings are great too, uh, but I, we didn't have, when you get a rating, we don't have a name to read, so. So yeah. yeah, so leave us a review, we'll read your name on the podcast, and we'll really appreciate it. hmm Thank you so much, and, uh, I do want to say, like, aside from the one tweet we got, uh, we didn't get we we were recording this early enough that we didn't get like emails and stuff about this particular episode so and i'm sorry if you were hoping for more emails about this episode because we did go backwards a little bit um but hopefully next week we'll have stuff for the current episode and maybe we'll record a little bit later um but we just wanted to get this out you know get this recorded as quickly as possible Right. And uh, uh, Olga and I are about to go to Civil War. Woohoo! And that will be exciting. Dan's and... wearing a Black Panther t-shirt, and mm-hmm. I accidentally wore red, white, and blue. <laughs> accidentally. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. I think our fight is over for the week. May we meet again? May we meet again. <laughs>